Today on the Chokeslide Wrestling Report, we're going to go through Fighter Fest Night 2, AEW Dynamite event that happened last night. We had a lot of surprise wrestlers and guests that showed up last night. We're going to be talking about that. Plus, the big news, AEW might have signed Daniel Bryan and whatnot. We're going to talk about that. Also, the possibility they might sign CM Punk. What does this mean to professional wrestling? We got that and much more on the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. Welcome to another episode of the Chokesland Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One. And today, of course, you know what day it is. It is Thursday, and it's AEW Dynamite Review at Fighter Fest last night. Night 2 was a great, great show. A lot of appearances. People you did not expect to show up last night on AEW. I don't know what is the... Uh, the deal with AEW, but they've been on some real, real um, great shows the last three weeks. And they just, and if you think about it, they already had fans way before WWE started or any other promotion started. And you figure, well, you're not going to feel the same way because you're already used to the fans coming back in AEW. But, I mean, Texas last night, was out of control dallas texas the fans were into it the the show was great and we're definitely going to talk about the whole show my opinion and how it was but let's start it off fighting fest night two aew dynamite started off with chris jericho versus sean spears in labors of jericho this is part of the mjf plan to stop jericho from wrestling him a match and he has to go through five individuals to get to um to jericho so the match was of course with stipulation with spears was allowed to use a chair but not jericho so jericho took control of the match he uh, and and took Spears on the outside and pretty much you know jericho was fighting for his life uh, in this match so uh, at one point uh you see that jericho was doing everything he can to make sure that, you know, that Spear did not use the chair because he couldn't use the chair. The chair could be in the ring, but Jericho was not allowed to use the chair. So at one point, uh, Spear's in the edge of the ring, and you can see that he's bringing in a chair, and Jericho tried to bounce off the ropes, but he gets smacked dead in the face with the chair. And then Spear just launched himself on Jericho from the top. Spear started working on the arm. There's been injured on Jericho for a while, and you know they hit him with the chair when he has his arm wrapped around the ring post on the outside and whatnot. Jericho then, you know, did a sledgehammer from the top of the rope. He even did a hurricanrana, which was very impressive for a guy his age. And then again, Spear used the chair, and again the chair was a factor. Then um, at one point 
He tried to hit Jericho again with the chip, but he gets caught with the walls of Jericho. Blanchard tried to interfere, and Sammy Guerrero comes out and whatnot and brings down Blanchard from the ring apron. And then, you know, and Spears then hits Jericho with it with the chair again. And then he hits a C4 for a two count. He nearly pinned um Jericho on that in that match. So, but then Jericho catches um Spears with the chair, he throws it at him, and then he hits him with the Judas effect for the win. MJF during this whole time of this match was our commentating. I love J- MJF and his commentating. He's very obnoxious, but he's good. As soon as Jericho beat Spears, MJF came and grabbed the mic, started talking, started telling um, Jericho that, you know, hey, you got away with it. But this time, next week, there is a no disqualification match. And that Sammy Guevara will be able to help him. And that, you know, Jericho will be facing someone who robbed the bank, but didn't even wear a mask. And who else was he talking about but no other than game-changer wrestling champion Nick Cage. Nick Cage came out, and now Nick Cage will face Jericho next week for the with an old disqualification. So that's going to be very interesting. Jericho did a promo at the end of the night, and that I will get to as soon as possible. Miro did a promo. Pretty much you see that he is right now challenging someone within two weeks or maybe next week he's putting his title on the line. You see the title now is no longer with the black strap and with the red and white. It's now white and green on it, a little bit of red on it. So I guess what, uh, what Miro did was, you know, put the colors of his country with Bulgaria, where he comes from. So this is a cool, I like the way the belt looks. He got the white strap, not used to it yet. I'm used to the black strap. I think the black strap was always the best with the gold and red. So the next match was Kazarian. The Elite Hunter. It's funny that they call him the Elite Hunter. I think AEW uh, took a page out of New Japan when New Japan had the Bullet Club Hunter. Uh, and the guy who was the Bullet Club Hunter was a horrible wrestler. Anyway, but that Kazarian, who's now the Elite Hunter, going against Luke Gallup, one of the one of the members of the Elite. He came out with, of course, with Carl Anderson. Carl Cash started very quickly with an offense, but Gallup took control right away. With Carl Anderson interfering from the outside, and then uh, he backdrop on Gallows and double leg drop for a two count. Kaz was trying to do his little offense, but Gallo was too big for him too, you know. And then Anderson interfered again for the third time. You know, um, Anderson was a big, big uh, difference in this match. That um, with you know, you know, once Gallo's wrestling, Anderson's at there. You know, they're gonna get in the elite. That's the way they work. Uh, Gallows took advantage and, uh, and kind of, you know, um, um, took Cass and kind of like grabbed him by his throat, choke slammed him, and sit down powerbomb for the win. So this match, I mean, if you're trying to push Cass as this elite hunter, uh, it, it 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 didn't look good because now now what? You know, he got pinned by Gallows. Even though Gallows is a big guy. But he got pinned by Gallo with outside interference. So it didn't make sense to me that Cass came out there by himself, you know. So, you know. But then after that, you know, Kenny Omega comes out with Don Callis. And they start jumping on uh, on Cass. And Cass, you know, was about to pop out. I don't know if he was going to get V-triggered or he was going to get hit with something because Omega was ready to put him away. He kept telling him, you've been a... A pain in my butt. 
um, this and this and that. And then all of a sudden, Adam Page comes out and whatnot. And then Don Callis insults him, telling him that he's, he's drunk or whatever. And Adam Page decided, well, you know what? I'm not going to hit the old man. I'll start brawling with Gallows and Anderson. But he gets outnumbered, and out of nowhere, the Dark Order comes out to even the odds. This was a preview of what we're going to see next week, where it's the, the Dark Order. I think it's an Eliminator tag team match, the Elite versus the Dark Order. That includes Adam Page. So that alone right there was a good segment of, for my liking. So that was pretty good. And then... They had a Team Taz promo with, uh, with Ricky Starks is the new FTW uh, champion. And next week, I think next week, or I, I think it's next week, they're gonna he's gonna defend that belt. Oh, he's gonna have a not even defend the belt. He's gonna have a, a celebration. And Brian K said he likes celebrating, so we might see that happening. Uh, the next match was uh, Wheeler Yuta who I find very impressive, who's been a, a guy who was trained by Jonathan Gresham from Ring of Honor, the Ring of Honor pure champion. Um, he was going one-on-one against Darby Allen, and that Darby Allen came in with his um, uh, ribs taped up. Uh, Willard Judah is part of Best Friends. I didn't even know that. He came up with Orange Cassidy, uh, and Darby came up tape against Hikaleo was shown in the crowd sitting down. Um, and, of course, he was there to watch the IWGP United States Championship match between Moxley and Archer. So uh, the, as the match progressed, these guys kept going back and forth um, uh, to, you know, a superplex from the top row by Darby Allen. And then it was a little comedic side where you saw Orange Cassidy and Sting faced off. And Cassidy slightly kicked Sting. Sting slightly kicked him back. It kept going back and forth. And then... Uh, and Darby was like telling Sting, what the hell are you doing? He almost got rolled over for the pin. But Darby escaped Judah's uh, um, attempts. And, I mean, he did many, many pin attempts in, in weird ways and whatnot. But Darby got out. He hit his stunner. And then he did his coffin drop for the win. And then the aftermath, you saw Blade come out of nowhere. Okay. Blade come out of nowhere and knock out Orange Cassidy with the brass knucks. Again, this was the second week in a row. I think I see him knock him out. Um, so, and these two guys were supposed to face off. So, so far as uh, the the show was pretty good. Um, it started out kind of slow with the uh, how you call it? Oh, it kind of slowed down really because the Jericho Spears match was pretty good, and then the Kasarian Gallows uh, match was kind of slowing down a little bit. But then they kind of brought you. Uh, what to look for next week when it's that 505 with the Elite and the Dark Order. And then the Wheeler Utah versus Darby Allen was a very, very uh, different style of wrestlers going at it. Um, Wheeler Judah, I think if you guys never follow him, this guy is pretty good. If given a chance, I think this guy could be big in AEW. I don't know if he's signed with AEW, but he has wrestled in New Japan. He has wrestled in Ring of Honor. And he has come out a couple of times at AEW Dark. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's guys like this that makes me want to watch professional wrestling. And I'm going to say that professional wrestling because, you know, uh, what we see on Monday and Friday is not professional wrestling. So I don't care what anybody says. Um, it's not professional wrestling. So um, 
you know, this this is one guy. This is the future of the wrestling industry that you guys can watch and enjoy. We'll be right back after this. Hi, this is James Rodens from the WNR podcast, and you are listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. <laughs> Welcome back, guys, uh, for continuation of the AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2 review. As already we talked about the uh, the Wheeler Yuta and Darby Allen match. We went through the Kazarian and Gallows, the Sean Spear versus Jericho. So we moved on to the AEW Women's World Championship match between Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose. Now, of course... Britt Baker got the biggest pop in Texas. The woman right now, is, I'm amazed of how much this woman has improved. So what I used to say about her when she first came in at AEW, um, and once she turned heel, she has taken this to another, another level. It's ridiculous. So, you know, this was, a, the, I think this is the third or the fourth time these women had for the last match that they had. Nyla Rose defeated Britt Baker in the women's tournament. The one that was um, United States against Japan and, and uh, I think it was a couple of months ago. But Britt Baker came out pretty much showing chain wrestling on Nyla. But then Nyla, of course, as strong as she is, she took control and the powerhouse move. Rebel interfered. So as in the mat. I mean, it was not even five minutes into the mat. Rebel interfered. But you know, the referee, you know, kind of uses discretion. He wasn't like, you know, he didn't say nothing to her. Um, but Britt then take control when Nyla uh, eats the buckle because she went charging into the corner. And then uh, Rose, you know, um, missed a cannonball right after that. Oh, but no, I'm sorry. Nyla then came back with a backbreaker and followed with a fall away slam. And then she tried to do a cannonball on Baker, but she missed. Uh, Baker hits a spin blade, and then Nyla hits the death driver after a lockjaw attempt and whatnot. I mean, I was I was like, when she hit the death driver, I was like, oh, shoot. This girl is losing the bell already. But then Britt hit a twisted neck breaker and a two super kick for a two count. Choke slam by Rose for a two count, but then uh, two curb stomp from Baker for a two count on Nyla Rose. But then Baker get hit with a beast bomb, but she gets up for the two count. But then Nyla Rose made the mistake that get caught by Britt when she put the lockjaw on her and she wins the fight or wins the match. Uh, Britt Baker has improved so much in the last four or five months, ever since her Thunder Rosa and herself uh, non-saction match, this woman has gone to another level. And the pops that she gets, that's the crazy part. Even though she's a heel, she gets a pop. And this woman has taken it to another level and whatnot. And I cannot wait for her and Deanna Perazzo to have a, what I call, forbidden door meeting somewhere down the line. Deanna Perazzo right now is the best woman wrestler in the business. Anybody tell me otherwise. Don't tell me about Charlotte, because Charlotte had a 24-hour reign, her 11 title reign, that is so bad that they don't want to count her NXT title reigns. And I didn't even know she had two title rings. So 
Right now, Diana Perrazzo is the woman to beat. She beat Thunder Rosa, who I've always felt that Thunder Rosa is the woman to beat. She beat Thunder Rosa on Saturday. And Thunder Rosa right now is, you know, is one chick that she's hard to beat. And that match was good when these two women faced off a side anniversary. But right now, Britt Baker, if she want to take it to the next level, that match between her and Diana Perrazzo, champion versus champion, should be happening very soon. And I won't be surprised if it happens at all out. Um, uh, Five for the Fallen, they already announced that Proud and Powerful will go one-on-one with FTR. This is the match I've been waiting for for a while. I mean, these guys been in uh, AEW, FTR, especially. They came sometime last year, and they fought. Uh, about that time, about this time last year, they came in. Titana Ortiz came the year prior to that, and they were the hottest tag team in the business, in the independent scene. They were Impact World Champion. I think at that time they were the longest Impact World Champion. So the two top teams in the business the last two years are about to face off on Fight for the Fallen, and that's going to happen next week. So it's, it's, it's going to be good. And it looks like when they did the promo, they kind of cut it because Santana got very emotional. He was talking about his upbringing in the Bronx and all that, and I love Santana because, you know, he shows that passion. These guys are real. They When they do those promos, and they talk about where they come from, it's not no 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 storyline. This is legit. And this is what I like about AEW. They're not gonna give you no storyline or, 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 or you know lines for you to say that it's not doesn't pretty much describes you. So, you know, but that you know that was cool. Shivani then went did an interview with Andrade's Chavo Guerrero debuts. That was the second surprise of the night. Tara Guerrero Jr. debuts as Andrade's consultant. But it looks to me, okay, because right after that, the Death Triangle pops up. And the Death Triangle popped up because Andrade called them out last and he was looking for them. And it looks to me that Andrade is trying to break up the triangle because, you know, Phoenix and Pentagon are Mexican. And, you know, this is the pride of Mexico. And he's trying, I think he's trying to build a factory. And the odd man out of this is pop. So don't be surprised if that's what's going to happen. Because it looks like what's going to happen is that Pac and Phoenix, I mean, not Pac and Phoenix, I'm sorry. Phoenix and and Penta might leave the, the triangle and whatnot. Or you can have a drive to get two other guys, and then they'll go for this uh, uh, trios ta- uh, tag team championship that they, I think they're going to build. AEW is about to make. So it is very, very interesting how all these storylines are building up for all now. So that storyline, I want to continue to follow up because I think that's what Andrade is trying to do. Andrade is trying to break up the Dread Triangle. And would I be surprised if Phoenix and Penta join um, Andrade? No, I won't. I, I won't at all. But uh, he's trying to do build like La Facción and Gobernables in Mexico like he did in um, – where they well he was part of and uh cmml back then so won't be surprised i mean bruce does it he has enough fox only go bernabalist in ring of honor you know so why not have uh, something like that i mean it's like aew have got like 11 factions so might as well you know so uh they show uh, a clip where uh marco stunt got taken out by the hardy uh office or whatever front office manic front office whatever and it looks like christian k and jerox express 
We'll team up next week to fight my private party and um, H2O. So that's going to be interesting. They also show QT Marshall asking for an apology out of Tony Schiavone after he spilled chocolate uh, uh, ice cream or, or shake on top of Schiavone last week. So that's kind of weird. The Blade versus Orange Cassidy. I thought Orange Cassidy was not going to be able to come out after being knocked out with brass nuts in the Darby Allen and Wheeler Utah fight. But Blade thought he won the fight, and he asked the referee to raise his hand because he won by default. But Orange comes out of nowhere, jumps on him, and starts beating him. Blade then takes a fix a knee injury to get control of the match, but he gets caught with a stunt gun millionaire. Blade hit a gut wrench powerbomb on the top rope. Then Orange Cassidy hit his whole like part of the upper neck area and landed messed up on the outside. And why not? I'm surprised he even got up. Uh, you know, and then Corsco tombstone on Orange by Blade for the two count, but then. Um, Orange hit the beach break for a two-count for himself, uh, but he couldn't uh, cover him completely. Bunny gets involved again, and when Bunny gets involved, you know, you have Chris Stanley on the outside also. She gets involved, throws the knucks to play, but it backfired because then um, he missed he missed hitting Orange, and Orange caught him with a punch, an orange punch for the win. The aftermath, Orange then catches Blade and hits him with his own brass knuckles, so most likely this feud is probably over. Another promo came out. This one was Chris Jericho. And Jericho uh, said that um, he's going to bring a gimmick that's been put away for a while. And it's been, I haven't seen this since 2020 of last year when he did use it in Japan against Tanahashi. The Painmaker will be back next week when he faces Nick Cage in this match. I don't know what's going to happen, but Nick Cage is one guy who already, and when they showed him, he had a pizza cutter. So he's about to probably make Jericho bleed the hard way. So, um, but it's going to be interesting. Nick Cage and game cha- the Game Changer Wrestling World Champion in AEW. And it's funny because Nick Cage had called out Omega when Omega on Saturday was ready to wrestle Sammy Callahan, and Don Callis said that the real hardcore, uh, you know, the real hardcore uh, legend is not Nick Cage, it's Kenny Omega. So um, are we going to have a Game Changer champion versus Kenny Omega for the Game Changer champion? Listen, this, this Forbidden Door has opened a lot of possibilities. And we thought that, that after, uh, after uh, I believe, was... I forgot which which event it was. I was saying, well, you know what? I think that the the forbidden door is not, you know, it's not gonna work. It's probably it looks like it's a closed down. But after Saturday, what Impact did, they just broke the freaking door down, and now it's wide open. You got guys like Jay White showing up in Impact. You got Hikaleo showing up at AEW. The New Japan is on point. So this is gonna be very interesting. And now I don't, you know, I, I know a lot of people who wants AEW to fail, think this is garbage, think that this is not worth it because they, you know, they 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 support that other, you know, not that non-professional wrestling show that you see on Mondays and Fridays. So, you know, it's it, you know, I, right now this is the thing to to watch, and 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 if you're missing this every week, you're gonna 
believe me, it's gonna you're gonna be regretting it. Uh, then after that, they had the Malachi Black versus Cody promo where they talk about they're gonna have a homecoming in a couple of weeks in a daily place. These two are gonna face off. Then they're gonna have the, then they had the Texas Death Match, the IWGP United States Title Match on the line. Uh, Archer, that's Archer versus the champion John Moxley. And the feedback, of course, of this was that Moxley didn't waste no time. He went on the attack. Archer hit on Moxley with his pounce, but but then he hits him with a candlestick. Uh, then after that, both wrestled fighting in the crowd. Lance beats up a fan out of nowhere and throws him on on Moxley, which was I found it hilarious. Moxley then hit the paradigm shift on Lance on the floor. Remember, this is a Texas death match. The only way you win this match is if you get if you get your opponent to not get up at the tank count. So this was very very cool. Archer was already bleeding because of the paradigm shift that he was hit with. Then Mox then took out a fork. This was some some Abdullah the Butcher type of thing, and he started. I'm talking about stabbing Lance's head with it. I mean, like it was just. It was some shit that you watch a uh, 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 Butcher versus Bruce Brody type of thing. It was crazy. Uh, he started, you know, uh, stabbing him with a fork in his head. Lance started bleeding a lot, trying to fend off Mox, but he kept using the fork. He used a chair to injure Archer's leg when he came off the top rope. Archer then punched the garbage can when Mox tries to hit him and blasting Mox in the head. A slugfest then took place. Archer ripcord on Mox and follow it with a trash can. Low blow by Mox. Mox was taking going by all means necessary to keep that belt. No why not? He switches the chair, but it backfires because you know he tried to pull the chairs. Put it this way. Lance Archer put both chairs with both sitting part facing each other. Mox turned it around and had the back part of the chairs connected together. And that backfired big time because then Lance went and choke slammed them on right on the tips of the chairs on Moxley's back. And Mox then uh hit a King Kong Lariat on Archer. Mox then stabs Archer again with the fork. A bar wire starts coming out. He goes outside and takes out he had tables already set up us by the ring. He put the the bar wires on top of the uh of the tables but that pretty much backfired because out of nowhere Archer used the fork on Moxley, then he chokeslammed him right through the table and on top of the bar wire. Mox could not get up because he was stuck with the bar wires. And we have a new United States IWGP champion, Lance Archer. He wins the title back after almost a year losing it to Moxley in a Texas death match in Japan, where Moxley did the same thing to him, but without the bar wire. So, I mean, this is a good match. Mosley has had this belt for almost close to 19 months. Okay, close to 19 months he has held this belt, belt and he deserved all the um, the efforts that he put, um, all the credit for all the efforts he tried to to keep that title. But Lance Archer's time is to shine now. But Lance Archer and Mosley are the only two guys to ever held those belts twice. Okay, held the United States IWGP belt. Twice, and I don't know after aftermath. Hikaleo, member of the Bullet Club, brother, little brother of Tamatanga Tangaloa, goes into the ring and faces Lance Archer. These two guys will be facing each other next week for Fighter Fest. So you tell me one thing: this show was tremendous. It's like every week 
your last three weeks, if you've seen it, this show has not disappointed me in the last three weeks. Okay. If they get a million viewers or they get more than last week, what's that tells you? That means WWE will have to be looking behind uh, behind them because AEW, they start putting those 1.4, those 1.5 or 1.6, and Rocky's going down. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to do some changes supposedly in WWE, which I don't see it happening because they are now feeding to a different type of fans. The the, the fan core that you know they're not really professional wrestling fans. Those are sports entertainment, they like that garbage. So, you know, whatever. But we'll be right back after this. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Jada Red Sante, host of Turnbuckle Tabloid, and you're listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. back guys with wrestling news and rumor and i got a jam pack of wrestling news and rumors and things that has been happening the last three days and the first one that happened yesterday there was a report that came in that daniel bryant has signed a contract with ae but uh aew haynes of uh, goes on to say on to a report that alternative plans creatively are for bryant to debut on the actor Ash Stadium in New York City, September 22nd. Now, the funny part is that I got tickets for that show, for the Alter Ash Stadium, uh, the AEW Dynamite. But the thing is that supposedly in this contract, he has creative control of what he wants to do, and he doesn't have to show up um, every week, which is less, I mean, AEW doesn't do uh, uh, live events anyway, so he can wrestle one time and I say, and he could go to New Japan. Now imagine Danny Ryan going to New Japan and wrestling in the best of the Super Juniors, okay, against guys like Hiromu Tanahashi or Desperado or him against, you know, Minoru Suzuki. I mean, the, the matches are endless when it comes to Japan. Or, you know, Naito versus Danny Ryan. I mean, the matches are, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. I mean, but him signing with AEW is a bad, bad, and I mean bad, and people may not agree with it, is a bad thing for WWE. WWE, I think, and, and honestly, I believe that he felt that WWE tried to stop him from becoming bigger than the company. Because when Daniel Bryan was hot in WWE, when he beat Batista and Randy Orton, I think it was WrestleMania 34, I know it was in 2014, and he became this popular wrestler who made the fans were winning with the yes chant he was getting bigger than the company and the minute he got hurt they tried to stop him from wrestling they forced him to retire and the guy still came back and won another wwe championship and then he was just on wrestlemania this year against edge and roman reigns so you know he finally figured i want to go home i'm done and he left on april his last match against roman reigns and they made it look like he was bad for SmackDown. And he left. So he's been out for three months. Pretty much covers his 90 day uh 90 days uh no compete clause if he had one. But right now, 
you know, AEW, if they did sign um, Danny Bryant, it's, this is a big, big deal. It's a big deal because right now they're talking to CM Punk. Which to me, honestly, I really don't care much of CM Punk for the simple reason that he trashed professional wrestling when he was trying to get ready for MMA. Okay? He tried to strong arm Tony Khan for millions of dollars when AEW started. And now all of a sudden, he sees that the pot is getting big and all these promotions are getting together and they're making money. Now he wants to come back. But with that being said, think about a Daniel Bryan and CM Punk match in AEW. I mean, these guys have wrestled in Ring of Honor. But think about them now. The the, the marquee matchup between Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. I don't think uh, WWE had them wrestle each other at one point. They did team up together in a six-man tag, which had Matt Cardona as the United States champion. Um, and then I, I believe... Uh, Marco the United States champion, uh, CM Punk, uh, World Wrestling Federation champion, and Danny Bryan as the world champion. So that was cool. It, it's it's amazing. And, and there's other, again, and I just mentioned, Danny Bryan supposedly signed with AEW. He has an AEW contract. CM Punk may be joining him. If this has happened, listen, and I'm going to say this right now, and I, I want to thank to all these podcasters that I network with. And it made me realize why am I getting so bent out of shape about WWE not turning the corner, especially what they did to Cradle Cross or, or Cameron Cross and uh, uh, Keith Lee this past Monday, which was a travesty, which I'll be talking about tomorrow on my YouTube channel. Um, why get mad about that? They 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 don't care about the wrestling fan. The, the professional wrestling fan. They care about the fans that they catering to now. As you guys know, Stephanie McMahon said, oh, we're going to go more into the comedic side, comic book style. So they catering to some motherfucking bullshit wrestling fans. They don't know shit about professional wrestling and whatnot. You know, and I'm not going to get bent out of shape because WWE don't want to listen to their fans. They don't make no sense. And I don't want to care what anybody tells me. And people talking about, oh, you can be using the word buried. Uh, first of all, when you got a guy like Matt Hardy wrestling Karrion Cross, the NXT champion, okay? The guy's undefeated. And you had Jeff Hardy, who's been jobbing for months to Jinder Mahal's guy, okay? I don't even know their name. I don't care about their name. But you had him jobbing. To guys who probably three months from now will be jumping to somebody else, okay, and whatnot, beat Carrion Cross, especially the way he beat him. He beat him using the ropes, the ropes, okay, the ropes. So you make it look like Jeff Hardy is a heel. Jeff Hardy is not a heel. And then the interview that they had right after that was stupid. You had Karrion Cross saying, oh, the, the, this is not over. Uh, dude, you just got pinned. You're the champion, NXT champion. They, they they made NXT look like shit, okay? And then I come to find out by another podcast that he did this afternoon that when Karrion Cross did the taping for NXT and whatnot, people were chatting Hardy. That they went and then they had to redo the damn thing all over again, the entrance, 
by tricking the fans, telling the fans that something special was going to come. They lied to the fans so they could redo it again. What that tells you about WWE, they know they effed up big time. They want to, but they don't care. And the reason they don't care is because you got geeks and trolls who think this is cool that you are pinning champions on guys being used. Champion, I don't want to hear that. Oh, Matt Hardy was a former world champion. The guy has been jobbing for three fucking months. There's nothing else you could tell me that's going to change my mind. And the fact that you use Charlotte to win the damn WWE Raw's champion and then lose it 24 hours later and then don't count her reigns of NXT, okay, to give it to the belt to Nikki Ash, okay? Think about it. Nikki Cross, who you guys didn't see her for months, and all of a sudden now she changed her gimmick for some type of superhero and inspiration for kids, what that tells you, they not, they are not catering to professional wrestling fans. They catering to little kids. They catering to guys with with cupcakes, stains in this and little in the mom's basement. This is the kind of shit they catering to. So I decided, okay, you want to cater to that? Then why waste my time even covering them anymore? Because you're not professional wrestling. And I'm glad that a lot of people kind of tell me, look. It's, they don't they don't cater to professional wrestling. So regardless of what happens, they're not catering to professional They're not going to change. So I feel sorry for um, Killer Cross because I always don't know him as Killer Cross because what they did is is horrible. And therefore, someone to hire up the NXT to try to justify uh, uh, WWE official trying to justify, oh, I don't know where fans got mad. We got bigger things planned for it. Get the hell out of here with that shit. Uh, it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, you know, way off base right now. But also news that came in, Jake Roberts say he has signed a two-year contract with AEW, an extension. He said, it inspires me to stay with AEW, Roberts said, of his initial promo with Cody and the crowd reaction. Thanks to Tony Khan, when I originally signed with them, it was a it was for 10-week deal. I, I, eight weeks, the guy comes along with some people, and it's like, you need to sign these. And I said, what for? It's your contract, dude. I only have two weeks left. No, you have another year. A few weeks ago, I bust Tony and said, I have four weeks left. What do you want me to do? Next thing you know, he starts setting up my stuff and says, you need to sign another piece of paper. I signed it again. And after I signed it, I found out that it wasn't for a year. It was for two years. And he's such a wonderful man. And he gave me my love for wrestling back. It's great to be part of it. And you know what? I'm glad that Tony Khan gave Jake the Snake Roberts a uh, two-year contract because it keeps him busy. And he's not dealing with his demons. Now he's managing the IWGP United States Champion, Lance Archer. So he's managing a champion, which is great for him as a manager. So this is a good thing. And then not only that, he is a guy that a lot of these young wrestlers in AEW could use for, you know, to, to you know, improve their the, the, the promo, improve their wrestling skills, and all that. Slice Booking who is part of the new LAX, along with Danny Limelight and Jake, uh, I forgot the guy's name, 
Um, I gotta keep. I gotta do a research on him. Um, talked about how you know he still you know he, he still could work with NWA. You know he signed a contract with MLW, which is cool. He said MLW just reached out, and he said they reached out and gave us the idea. Coney actually called me. I was having cold feet about it, and I wasn't sure. I usually wanted to do it. I'm still contractually allowed to work with NWA. That was a major part of signing my deal with MLW. I don't know if NWA wants to keep me for the long haul or if they feel some type of way, but I want to keep that relationship going. I appreciate what they did for me. They treated me well, and I learned a lot. It's a different learning experience at MLW, and it's making me a more complete performer. Conat reached out. At first, I wasn't sure because I wanted to keep working with NWA. And then they told me I could keep working with NWA. But I signed with MLW, and that was it. They pitched, they pitched the idea, LAX. They wanted to bring it back, me and Danny. Boogie has been featured and stars of NWA Power in recent months, and is set to take part of the Champion Series, which begins in July 27, which I don't understand. What is that? I know they got that. NWA got that series. I mean, they they trying to bring in the fans, uh, but they charge you five dollars. On Fight TV every week to watch that, and I mean, you just—I'm sure you're not getting a lot of, you know, uh, fans to go in. I mean, the crowds are back, but you know, you know. So um, he said uh, it, that that series is going to begin uh, on July 27. When asked what the LAX name means to him, Boogie replied, "It's a very big deal. Maybe wrestling fans didn't know they wanted a new version of LAX, but when me and Limelight came out, they got the crowd hyped." They were like, oh, let's see what they have to offer. I feel like it's a big deal, and it's up to us to live up to those previous guys, all those guys who have been successful in their career. Previous incarnation of LAX has featured Homicide Hernandez, and that's the guy I forgot last week to mention, it's Hernandez, and Santana Ortiz. Both groups found success in Impact Wrestling and outside the promotion as well. Here's a funny one that I, that I found in... Fightful Select. And that was in Michael's Cole said, Jim Rose is the greatest at emotion. I'm the greatest at running a show. Oh my God. And I read this, I'm like, you know what, Michael Cole, you couldn't even hold uh, Jim Rose's uh, jockstrap in his, in his best days. You just, uh, you're, you've been told through the microphone what to say. You, 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 you are WWE, kiss ass. You want to make man's Kiss my ass club. And listen, you you have had some great moments when you come announcing, but you have fucked up some announcement, especially the one with the last one with the, uh, how you call it? With the, uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks uh, commentary on when Banks uh, Bianca Belair won the, the belt. You're not great at, uh, as Michael Cole. Now, yeah, people are going to say, but Jim Ross be fucking up in the AEW. The guy's old, okay? But Jim Ross, in his best days, Michael Cole can be nowhere near him as far as uh, commentary. I don't know what show he's talking about running. If he's part of running the show, then that is why WWE is where he's at right now. So I, I, I don't understand that. He says, anytime I can get some positive press, I like it. At the end of the day, I bust my ass for 25 years in this business, and nobody kept him take that away from me. I may not be the greatest of all time. I would truly say that when it comes to emotion, Jim Rowe is the greatest ever in his business. I think I'm the greatest ever when it comes to running a show, running traffic. Yeah, you can run traffic, all right. 
No matter what you think of me, that's your opinion and the beauty of wrestling. You can love people, you can hate people, but you can never take away the fact that I work at this for 25 years and have literally missed two television shows in 25 years. To me, that's a badge of honor. It's grind, but I love what to do. Well, if you've been 25 years, you know, Jim Ross has been around since the 70s. Since he was the main announcer for Mid-South Wrestling in 85. That's almost, what, 36 years. That's 11 years more than you and whatnot. And it was Jim Ross and whatnot. And Jeff King Lawler who kind of, you know, groomed you to be where you at now. So, yeah, you give a emotion. Listen, Jim Ross is the best at what he does. The psychology. And then the best uh, attitude errors, especially the attitude error, was Jim Ross and his commentary. So, I don't want to hear it. Um, Cody Bushi may miss his Grand Slam championship match because he he was diagnosed with aspiration pneumonia after he took the, the vaccine. He has not been able to wrestle. So that is kind of crazy because they um, he's supposed to wrestle, I believe, is this Sunday coming up, and he may not make it. He's, uh, he's, he has pneumonia. So, you know, New Japan originally announced that Ibushi had been suffering from COVID vaccination side effect. Uh, it's uh, aspiration pneumonia has no connection to COVID vaccination. So that is crazy. So that is something that, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, I hope he comes back and it gets better, but he's going to miss his title match against uh, Shingo Takaji for the IWGP world title. Here's a, a stupid idea from an independent show in Jersey, they thought that, hey, how can we bring more people into a wrestling event? What star should we bring? Oh, let's bring Velveteen Dream. Yes, Superstar or Wrestling Federation from Jersey, an independent show, have a show called Homecoming, and they announced that they were going to bring Patrick Clark, formerly known as Velveteen Dream. And it kind of backfired because there was a lash out from fans that didn't want Patrick Clark in this show. But again, if you want to think, you know, I don't understand that some of these independent shows in these, just to make a quick buck, they think they could bring some of these guys that were in the speak out movement and think they could get away with it. Listen, I made a, a video a couple of months ago about how Marty Scroll and Joey Ryan attempted to come back to wrestling. Marty Scroll tried to go sign through New Japan, and New Japan Straw uh, officials had to take him out of the television tape because the talent was about to walk away because they didn't want to deal with Marty Scroll and whatnot. Same thing with Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan tried to do a Women's of Wrestling show where all these wrestlers, including Brian Cage, Sonny Kiss, involved in that. And and whatnot, and Bar Wrestling was promoting this. Bar Wrestling is owned by Joey Ryan. And Joey Ryan was in the damn poster, thinking nobody was going to see him in this poster. An attempt to come back when you already been accused of, you know, uh, sexual harassment, whatever the case may be. Now, a lot of you going to be like, oh, but you can't believe everything. Look what happened with, with Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle got lucky. I don't know if the girl probably was trying to do something, trying to 
extort him, whatever. Um, the bottom line is, this is the same stuff that you see. Um, you know, there, there was word that even um, Lars Sullivan was being booked somewhere and whatnot. I mean, these promoters, the indie promoters, are, that, are you that starving for you to bring somebody like Patrick Clark, formerly known Velveteen Dream, a guy who was accused of uh, sending explicit pictures to minors, and then WWE say, oh, we didn't find no guilt. But yeah, WWE didn't do shit. Okay? It's the same thing what they did with the with, with, with uh, Jay Uso. He got called drinking and driving, and how did they, they reward him? By giving him the tag team titles. WWE didn't do anything. But for Superstar Wrestling Federation, whatever they call it, for them to even attempt to get Patrick Clark in a show is the most stupidest thing I ever heard. It's the dumbest thing I ever heard. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, Kiara Hogan announced her departure from um, Impact Wrestling. A lot of people are saying that she might go to NXT. She's not going to NXT, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because her girlfriend, uh, Diamante, and whatnot is in AEW. So I could see her going to AEW and whatnot and join Diamante in that. I don't see her going to um, to a, uh, to NXT, but we all know what's going to happen to her once she leaves the NXT. Look, I don't have nothing against NXT because NXT is a great brand, but WWE looks at them as still a developmental brand. When Triple H said they were the third brand, that's not what the higher-ups are saying now on the side. So it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm telling you right now. So Kiara Hogan, uh, I wish her the best of luck. I enjoy her tag team with Tasha Steeles. They were the fire and flavor, and they broke pizzazz. And they were the two-time Impact Knockout Tag Team Champions. And it's going to be sad not to see her again in Impact. I think she could have done better, but she wants to explode her option according to what she wrote. She said, what's up, babies? I'm in Nashville. For taping, and you guys will be the first to know that this is my last impact taping, and I'm going to see what else is out there for me. I'm so excited and scared, but I know whatever I choose to do, I'm going to be the best, and that's all. Um, period. She could go to Ring of Honor also, that'll be cool, and that'll be a great move for her to make. As you guys know by now, Thunder Rosa signed with AOLE Wrestling, it is official, she's in contract with AEW. Her NWA contract ended, so I don't know if she's still going to be working with NWA on the down low because, remember, AEW, NWA, Impact Pro Wrestling, uh, Impact Impact Wrestling, uh, who else, uh, New Japan, AEW, all are working together. Ring of Honor is working with New Japan. So everybody's getting along except one was beating up on their little, on their little brother, but it is what it is. Thunder Rosa signed with OLE Wrestling, and kudos to her. It's going to be great to see her to go after the AEW title from Britt Baker. So it is very, this is, I mean, it is great. That's all I got to say. This is cool. This is a good way for professional wrestling, you know, to go. I mean, a lot of people are asking me, what do I think about this? This is like the territories. The only difference is Impact just broke the damn door down. And they're making sure that anybody comes to them. And if you guys, I mean, I could say, but I don't want to be a spoiler, but 
There's a new member in Bullet Club. I mean, I already know who it is. It's from Impact. So, um, you know, uh, guys, you got to watch Impact next week. I believe it's next week that they'll have their homecoming uh, uh, so you can see who is the member that joined Bullet Club. But right now, with Jay White heading or going to Slideversary and just going to Impact, I mean, where is this whole Forbidden Door thing is going? And right now, before I, I, I leave, I'm going to say this much. A lot of people make excuses for WWE. They make excuses. Oh, you can't use the word bury. You can't use this. You can't do that. Listen, again, a champion should not be getting beaten, especially if he is uh, advertised as undefeated. And what happened Monday was a disaster. And that I cannot continue to watch. I took it upon myself. I said, you know what? Let me sit down and watch three hours of this. And it was three hours waste of my life. I am not going to continue going through this and, and watching Raw because I'm not doing it. And I'm going to continue covering what I think is exciting for wrestling. And if some of my, my, my fans are WWE fans, hey, I'm sorry. If you choose to walk away, that's on you. But I'm sure that a lot of people are tired of seeing what they saw Monday and whatnot. And you could keep throwing my, my face off of Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns' storyline is not going to be lasting forever because now you got him to wrestle John Cena. He beat John Cena already. So what's the point? Now the title's on the line. That's the difference. You know what I'm saying? That is it. Does AEW have problems? Yeah, they got problems. For the last three weeks, if you guys haven't watched it, they've been good. They've been good. And the surprises I'm showing up, this forbidden door is wide open. If you guys don't want to watch it, that's fine. Because I know there's a lot of AEW haters. They want, as a matter of fact, there's a lot of haters out there. They want all these companies that are getting together to fail and whatnot. And it's not going to happen. You know, McMahon's grip, Monopoly, is coming to an end. Trust me. Because even him selling the Peacock and whatnot. Uh, or the networks of Peacock, that's going to be bad because they were having issues with money to bank with Peacock. So they, 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 you know, they sold this shit to a, a stream, a, a, a streaming server that sucks. I'm sorry, it is just true. Was true, and if I get it, if you want to hear the real truth, the real shit, without no hesitation, no, no, um, how do you say it, sugarcoating it, this is the place to be. The jokes and wrestling because I keep it real. And whoever don't like it, hey, you don't have to listen to me. But you know for a fact that a lot of them are hating AEW because they wish that WWE will be doing the same thing. They've been asking for years. They claim in 2018, January 2018, they're going to new fresh matchup, new this, new that, and they have not delivered at all. So with that, guys, that is it for me today. Thank you for listening. Again, guys, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Facebook. Instagram and um, Twitter. Also, I have my YouTube channel, which you guys, I will advise you next to tomorrow. Stay tuned for my thoughts on this whole killer cross and the bullshit that happened on Monday night and where I think WWE is heading. Okay, that will be on my YouTube channel. Um, the Chokes Line Wrestling Report. You can subscribe to it, hit the notification bell for new uploads. You can also, if you guys like, to purchase a podcast apparel 
shirts, hats. Uh, you could go to tcwr.veryimpressive.com. That's tcwr.veryimpressive.com. Uh, and you also, guys, if you want to follow me on the audio podcast, you can follow me on um, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Popbean, iHeartRadio, and many other major audio podcast platforms that you guys like to listen to your show. That is it for me today, guys. On Sunday, I will be talking uh, on recycling of a lot of this, uh, um, news that came out of this. We'll see what happens from here to Sunday. Um, also, just giving you a heads up, you guys, I would like you guys to pretty much um, listen to the WNR podcast coming up next week, as I will be part of that, along with John Rowland, uh, or James Rowland, actually, James Rowland, and we will be talking, covering... Um, anniversary Roll Rager, uh, Fighter Fest Night 1, Night 2, and we're going to be covering uh, all that through uh, WNR Podcast. Uh, so don't don't miss that. You can hear that through uh, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and all, any major audio podcast. Until then, guys, be safe. Uh, thank you for supporting, and I will talk to you soon. It's a-